0: Hello friends, my name is Joe Bettner and this is the Eyes on Oklahoma podcast and on this week's episode, we're having a bit of a reunion. I mean, it's Thanksgiving and uh, hopefully if, as you're listening to this, you're, you're making it safely to wherever your destination is, but uh, for this episode, we're doing a little C3 show reunion, joining me on the program, my former podcast cohort, Sean Forrester. Sean, sir, how are you doing?
1: Wait, wait, you mean... I thought you said we were bringing the C3 podcast back. The contract what's this not I- finalized. <laughs> what's this Eyes on Oklahoma thing? You yeah. said we were bringing the C3 show back. <laughs> and You see, this is what happens. You get people all excited on the internet, and it's mostly you who does this. And I-, I follow along because I believe deep down in my heart it's going to happen, like everyone else. Like all two people who are really excited about it, and then you break their hearts each and every time. Did it down at the Orange Bowl a couple years ago? Made it happen there? And it's just, I, I, I guess since I'm here, I guess
0: I'll, I'll, I'll play along, but we'll
1: we can see what happens.
0: We can pull the listeners who will be back first. The C3 podcast or Texas football. We can get oh, that going. Lord. Oh,
1: you, you want to get that out of the way?
0: <laughs> oh man. It's been, you know, one of the things that's uh, been missing from my life that we don't do a podcast weekly. Really, we did like two podcasts a week. Um, Back on our head. and if uh, there's yeah probably, preview and a recap yeah there's people that probably aren't aware uh, Sean and I um I I like to think of us as like the the OGOU football podcasters because we had a podcast back in 2009 when you had to like really know what you were doing there was no apps that like really helped you uh record everything and make it all sound good like it was just you know me like <laughs> sean and i and uh, a few others that recorded this podcast that took a lot of like technical work to do because it uh, was, just wasn't easy but uh we it was
1: did it. I, I i was the one who kind of spearheaded that because there was really no good any oklahoma football podcast and not that we were good (laughs) well i mean i never said we were i'm just saying i wanted to have talk about things i want to talk about and i'm not going to rip anybody but there was i i I think crimson and cream machine had like the old talk shoe thing way back when recorded
0: i I have not heard of man that's you unlocked a memory i didn't know i had talk
1: shoe yeah. talk you. Mm-hmm. That, that was a thing. And it's like, it was, it was on everyone's talk shoe. Like, anyway, we're getting inside baseball and old te- like 10 plus year old podcasting, st- uh, you know, habits or ways to, to make shows happen. But yeah, it's like you have to find places to, to host it. And you know, n- now you can put podcasts on like 18 different things.
0: So uh, anyone can podcast now it is. And they do, and they most certainly do, uh, to everyone's detriment. Um, Sean, I did not bring you on to talk about uh, the history of our podcast, but to discuss Oklahoma football. Going into a big weekend uh, with Oklahoma State on the horizon in Stillwater. The Sooners, uh, if you aren't aware, are 10-1 and ranked, uh, and we can get into this in a second, but the college football playoff rankings came out uh, Tuesday night and Sooners are number 10 entering Bedlam. Oklahoma State checking in at number seven. And OU's path to a Big 12 championship is pretty simple. Um, they got to win. They got to win on Saturday, or, you know, obviously Baylor could lose and that could make it easier. Uh, but uh, strange times for Oklahoma, Sean. I can't imagine just, um, and I, I guess we've, the both of us have given our independent thoughts on what's happened throughout this entire season. But as we kind of look to the end of it, I mean, where are you at just as far as this Oklahoma football team and are you uh, – I don't want to cast a a wide net as far as just like the overall mood, but I think there's a lot of people a little pessimistic about this football team right now.
1: Look, and I don't blame anyone for feeling that way because you don't know what team is going to show up each week. And now having said that, I tend to be a glass half full type of person with my football team. Because regardless of what anyone else says, they're they are in position. Regardless of a loss from a week a couple of weeks ago to Baylor, that if they win out, and it's that's a tall task, mind you. I understand that, but if they do win out, uh, it it's not going to take a ton of upsets for them to get in the college football playoff. They basically need Georgia to beat Bama, and frankly, that's probably all they'll need. So, with that being said. with OU football right now. It's just... I've seen this football team all year. Individually, like in all three phases, play very well at times. Special teams has played really well. Defense has played really well. When Caleb Williams took over for a brief period, the offense was clicking. I disagree with me. I think Texas Tech was probably the only game we could circle where three were humming right at one time the tech game tcu to an extent maybe but i would say tech was like their most complete game
0: i was gonna say i feel like people overlook that tcu game i mean that was the offense was was as good as i think it's been i mean the the texas tech game probably being the best but you know defensively they they let up some big plays to Quentin johnston but like considering the injuries on that on that side of the ball i mean i don't think that was any bit of a a win to you know, not really, you know. I think it it, it doesn't stand out, but I don't think it was anything to uh, complain about too much from an Oklahoma standpoint. Um, but and then you know, Sean, really the the game that I think gets overlooked because of the rally, but like OU has a has a budding quality win at Kansas State, who is likely to finish its season nine and three, and. That was a game that OU, as I said, like led a K-State, you know, second half comeback. But before that happened, I mean, Oklahoma's offense kind of finally was figuring itself out for the first time that year. And the defense was still playing relatively well. Other than I think that second or third K-State drive where they were just, method- you know, a methodical K-State offense that was getting whatever they wanted. But
1: I, I had never seen an onside kick kicked twice before. <laughs> that was amazing um but yeah that was and to be what was even crazier that was radler's best game it's the best game of his
0: career well i think it's the best game of his career i mean you can maybe point to that cotton bowl but i mean if you want to talk about well now now
1: joe like you know that florida team played their last game 11 (laughs) days ago those are a bunch of (laughs) of imposters.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. is just like, you know, Kansas State, and I know that they were missing some guys, but I mean, that was the most Spencer Rattler has looked in control of the offense, most in command of the offense, I think, that we've seen from him. And it was even more perplexing that the very next week he goes out and just kind of lays that, you know, just a horrible performance against Texas that maybe is not all of his fault, but is partially, you know, due to, you know, some turnovers, but... Here we are, Caleb Williams, starting quarterback for Oklahoma, going into Bedlam,
1: and uh, is a uh, another road game, uh, which uh, you know not not his strong suit lately. Uh, you can look at Kansas; that was a rough out Baylor, obviously, and now going on the road, and maybe it's it's in the state of Oklahoma, and there will be some OU fans there, but not to the extent like the Cotton Bowl was. But uh, I, I think. For him the perplexing thing is is that you've seen the highest of highs and you've seen the lowest of lows and oh, by the way He's a true freshman. So again, you're like the, the offense is gonna click through him now If I'm Lincoln Riley, which I'm not and I don't get paid millions of dollars like he does But I would try to establish the run at all costs because I, I know this Oklahoma State defense is really 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 good number one in sags like one of the top rush defenses If you can find a way to run the football just a little bit, it's going to make life a lot easier for Caleb Williams, especially if he can run the football. But he has got also he has to he has to make quicker decisions. He this is not high school where he can just like, you know, bounce out to the side to the left or right and just take it to the house. This is
0: this is big boy football now. And they made it really seem like they could run the ball when they really needed to against Iowa State. And Which was
1: insane, right? Like the last offensive drive all runs, touchdown. No problem. It was like so. It's like I'm watching 1978 OU football. <laughs> Just run, 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 run.
0: But hasn't that been kind of the issue all year, or not issue, but like all year the story of this OU team is when they've really needed to score. And I, I know the Baylor game obviously didn't go in Oklahoma's favor but I mean when you look at like the West Virginia game late obviously with Texas but you've had points of the season where when Oklahoma's needed points they've been able to get them and it's almost like they've been just getting in their own way as far as just like because I, I think that there's a lot of times where I, I don't really uh you know subscribe to you know the play calling is is just not good enough um but as of late, yes, I I, I, fi- I feel like I'm coming around to that side of things that like, you know, Lincoln Riley is not and I've never thought this, but I mean, more and more Lincoln Riley is not infallible. I mean, he he makes mistakes, but it seems like they've been. But Joe, he's going
1: to be the LSU coach tomorrow.
0: Come on now. <laughs> I mean, the way it's looking, Dave Aranda might be uh, might be headed down to Baton Rouge. I honestly have no clue what's going to happen with that job. But
1: and no, it, I get I get trolls every day popping in. Is like you bet you're gonna regret saying what you said in this video that Lincoln Raleigh's not taking. Like, it's like I just laugh at all of these people who are like so far behind on what the the, the news cycle and what is actually fact as opposed to fiction from tiger droppings. It, <laughs> it's just it's entertaining to me. I, I am I laugh every day. I get it. You know what 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 is it that uh you know the, the Jimmy V Jimmy said you know. If you have, a, if you laugh, you cry. Uh, there was like another thing in there that you had a really, you had a full day. You had a really good day. Something I, uh, along those lines.
0: I just, it's amazing to me, Sean, and I feel like I'm going full like OU Homer right here. But just, it's amazing that we we live in a time where you would think that Oklahoma is like the most storied college football program of all time, considering like Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops are the top two candidates for every open head coaching job before someone's hired. But but that's
1: the thing. But that's the thing, Joe. You say that, but people don't treat Oklahoma like they're a top three, four all time program and that it's a destination job in college football. That's the weird thing. And it's not just because of their name, because if that was all it is, then they're, they're not Texas. They have other things that back up the past 20 years of success. Whether it's like, you know, winning the conference on the reg, a national championship, multiple Heisman winners, all Americans, NFL draft picks, all of these wonderful things. They just don't exist in Oklahoma because, oh, LSU has an opening and they're going to and they're they're supposedly going to pay Lincoln Riley more than Nick Saban because that's actually happening. Yeah.
0: Well, all that to say, so...
1: he's going to make a hundred million dollars <laughs> a year.
0: Um uh... Lincoln Riley though uh, did speak on Tuesday and uh, very very uh, very Lincoln news conference uh, just as far as just going into bedlam you would not expect him to be any different um, and the thing that you you know you bring up I I actually am trying to remember if you brought this uh, up on the pod or if we were talking off air but I mean this is an Oklahoma team that even if you don't think that they're deserving or don't think that they can do it, they technically still have a path to the playoff. And I think that Lincoln Riley and the SoU football team very much know that because beating Oklahoma State twice in two weeks and you know the potential for you know Alabama getting beat by Georgia. I think if Alabama you know beats Georgia in the SEC title game, things get a little more dicey. But Oregon's out of the equation. It, it, it feels more and more like, Oklahoma, if if they win out, they're in. And you know them getting put at number ten uh, on Tuesday was not all too shocking. Uh, kind of very much falls in line with you know what the AP had. Uh, Oklahoma State, you know, would I would assume that if OU wins this week, uh, that they would probably be number six, and Oklahoma State would probably not move all that much. But uh, I don't know. It's it's a a weird situation that Oklahoma finds itself in once again. Just not the midseason loss, not 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 even the inexplicable loss. Um, And I talked about they have a quality loss, Joe. They well, and that's the thing is like that's what's and I'm not I'm not even saying this jokingly. It's really eluded Lincoln Riley. Like all of his losses that they've gone to the playoff have been pretty head scratching. And they finally have one that's just like, yeah, you lost to the number eight team in the country. I, I don't think – that and I know that there's a lot of nuance to the situation, but you would think there would be no shame in losing to the number eight team in the country.
1: Well, I, it's not just that. I, I actually – I'm not mad at the committee like some people are mad and – I get comments daily is like, they just don't want Oklahoma in the playoff. I'm like what college football have you been watching the past five years? The committee doesn't want Oklahoma in the playoff. I, I, I find that comical. Okay. So like for years, I've screamed about quality. wins should matter more. Like I, I did that back in 2015 where it's like, people looked at that. Remember the murderers row that, Oh, you had I'm like, I looked at that as an opportunity and sure enough, they, Swept that and what a shock they made the playoff because they beat three pretty good ranked teams in a row. Um, and I think the same thing here is here. I look at it as an opportunity, but for Oklahoma right now, with the committee, they don't have any ranked wins. And you brought up K State earlier like, if K State had beaten Baylor, uh, they would have like easily uh, slid into the top 25. I don't know if that boosts OU to eight or nine, it might have happened, it may have not, but I don't think it's going to change anything because. Two teams ahead of them right now are not playing for a conference championship. As of now, one of them could be, but that means Oklahoma season is pretty much over at that point. But if OU wins this on the road in Stillwater, they're going to be no worse than number six going into next week's rankings. So they will be second team out with one week to go playing in a conference championship game, needing Basically, what oh, Michigan is gonna Michigan's gonna possibly lose to Ohio State. Let's just say Ohio State's winning because Jim Harbaugh cannot beat Ohio State. I'll believe it when I see it, and I'll give him credit when if he does it. But I'm not gonna give him benefit of the doubt. So, uh, like, th- what's hilarious to me also is that everyone expects Georgia to beat Alabama, and I do too. But again, if we're talking benefit of the doubt, Alabama always beats Georgia, no matter what. When you think Georgia's gonna win and finally do it, they never do it. Is this the year that they finally overcome that stigma? I mean, they got the defense. I mean, Stetson Bennett, little sawed-off Stetson Bennett quarterback is doing it for him. There's the JT Daniels. Uh, where has he been? He's healthy. They're not going to play him. They're going to roll with him. So uh, I hope Georgia wins that game. But if not, I'm going to be a big Houston fan
0: in that American Conference uh,
1: Championship game. Real big fan. Real big fan.
0: I mean, that's part of me that wonders just like Oklahoma compared to yeah I think the Big Ten takes care of itself. And I think that I mean, I I, I get what you're saying. I, I think Georgia, if, if they're going to lose to Alabama, it's because they just don't have the offense to keep up with Alabama. Uh, but th- there, there is something I think I think to Oklahoma getting a marquee win, a second marquee win, even if it is over the same opponent that gives them a realistic shot to climb into the college football playoff more than likely number, you know, number four. Uh, but that's in. And I, I, don't I think know. that's
1: the toughest road of anybody yeah. left to having to do that twice.
0: Well, and especially the... if, if you value the fact that, you know, and, and it, it's weird, Sean, that I, I've seen this Oklahoma state in person this year. Uh, I covered their games uh, for the AP against Missouri state and Tulsa and to see the transformation that that team has gone from since then is pretty incredible. And I don't think they have the national respect, but I think they're getting there. But I mean, that's the number two defense uh, or total defense or scoring defense. I can't remember which, but I mean, it's like, it's there. It's like Georgia, Wisconsin, Oklahoma state, something like that. But if you, and, and the one thing that, you know, I it wouldn't even be a question. I, I think I misspoke earlier, by the way. Kansas State losing to Baylor puts them at seven and four. So you you got to win over like an eight win. You know, eight and four Kansas State team that that helps your resume a little bit. The thing that really hurts, I think, Oklahoma is the fact that there isn't there aren't any Big Twelve teams at the bottom part of that. You know, top twenty five, which is a benefit to, um, you know, obviously the the Big Ten. And actually, now I am looking at it, there is less and less Big Ten teams there at the bottom, and what do you know? They they all aren't that great. Um, I actually have not. I, I, well, they're
1: beating up each other, and I we're, yeah. we're, they're separating the halves and halves not. And so well, look, when... I, I think I think Michigan State was a good team, but at this but they they have their flaws, and I think the same thing is potentially going to happen to Michigan this week. I don't know if they're gonna get their doors blown off like Michigan State did, but I, I, Michigan is like very one dimensional to me offensively. And I think Ohio State, even with their defense struggling at times this year, also almost losing to Nebraska. But I, I think they're capable of like beating Michigan soundly. And then, you know, whether it's Wisconsin or I mean, we gotta see who wins the Paul Bunyan Zachs this week, then Minnesota. Like the Big Ten West is just like loaded with potential tiebreakers. And I think Purdue might have an outside chance still. I haven't maybe they may they do, maybe they don't, but it's like no- nothing is settled in the West yet.
0: That's. Uh, I was going to say. I'm sorry. I'm looking over there. I did not get to look at the. I only saw the top ten. But yeah, no, the As big- you should.
1: But, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: it doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't care that you know Texas A&M or any of these other schools. Oh, the Aggies have three losses, but
1: you know should have been in the playoff bacon. last year. I know, and you you know what's funny about the Clemson thing? That is the only current ranked win Georgia has right now.
0: There is something to the fact that I think that – I I know that Alabama has beaten Ole Miss. Um, They they just beat Arkansas, who is at 25. But, I mean, if you really want to get down to it, I mean, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. I mean, not a lot of great wins among those teams. I mean, I think I, that
1: I – I may have misspoke. It was their highest rank win. Arkansas is obviously still there for Georgia at 25. But, yeah, I, I'm – I don't know, like Kentucky is like an eight win team,
0: but they're not ranked at the moment. So I, it's. Well, and that's like the thing that like I think is hurting Oklahoma as well Is like Iowa State has dropped these dumb games to Texas Tech and West Virginia and probably should be in the top 25 They're I think they're that caliber of team. They've just lost some really close games, but there's no reason that team shouldn't be in the top 25. They should have been competitive tending for a big 12 title for being completely honest but it because they brought back what 20 starters and
1: one of the reasons i'm very confident about oklahoma right now like uh, i know people were freaking out on that final drive but they were able to make brock pretty nervous and they were able to contain xavier hutchinson and and breeze hall for like the majority of the game they were non-factors that's impressive to me so for all the fire Alex Grinch people out there, and I know you exist. I, I mean, I don't know what else I can tell you other than the fact that a the defense has gotten better despite people thinking it's the same as Mike. And also the fact that, you know, recruiting has skyrocketed lately. I don't know if you pay attention to that, but like, like we're not getting the Mike Stoops, a uh, three stars with five star hearts guys you know, getting blood from a stone. We're actually getting big time players, Gabe Dindy, LT Overton, potentially down the road, like legit front seven people that we're going to need in the Southeastern conference in a couple of years when they're sophomores and juniors. So I, I ain't ready to, I-, I ain't ready to fire Alex Grinch at the moment. I can get frustrated with them. Like a lot of you, I too wonder why Billy Bowman isn't playing right now, but Hey, you know, Right now, like they've had a great performance this past Saturday.
0: They they really did. I mean, I, I I truly think that was one of the best performances of uh an OU defense under Alex Grinch. I mean, you, you take away you you and obviously I know it's part of the game, but I mean the, the the last drive where Charlie Kohler just kind of went, you know, nuclear on on O.U.'s defense. I mean you you said it yeah, I mean you said it best man containing Xavier Huntson and uh Brees Hall. I mean that that that's key. And I mean, honestly, Uh, that's like you uh, that gives me some you know I guess a bit of I think confidence in Oklahoma's defense to to stop Oklahoma State because I I mean I don't think that Spencer Sanders is you know all big 12 or anything I know he's uh, playing probably some of his best football and I think part of that a little bit of that is part of the competition that they've been playing the last four weeks but I mean, if you stop Jalen Warren and you can stop that rushing attack, which shouldn't be hard to do considering Oklahoma State's offensive line still isn't good. Which no one's offensive line in the Big Twelve is really particularly great. I mean, Oklahoma for you know of all the teams is not shown a consistently good offensive line. There's there's parts that are good, but it's not all been great. But I think Oklahoma just their defense gives them the shot that they need, and if if that's the thing that can save Oklahoma. I, I think that you're in a good position because I get I, I, you know, old takes exposed. I, I think I said on the radio last week that, it, that Caleb Williams, isn't going to have back to back, you know, bad performances. And he was worse probably uh, oh. in some ways against Iowa state. Well,
1: he had a, what a 75 or 74 yard TD run or something like that well, on, on a broken play. <laughs> he did, but you uh, know what still made it happen. And it's still better than what happened the week before. Uh, yeah, but you know, he's like he won't have back to it. Oh, he did.
0: Yeah, but you,
1: I, you brought up Big Twelve. Who is all Big Twelve QB this year?
0: Man, that that uh, Hoover asked that in the news con, or not? He didn't ask Lincoln who he thought the all Big Twelve quarterback was, but he kind of brought up the fact that he's had the the top quarterback in the league the last you know four or five years, or I get six years. Sorry, uh, but you, you look at uh, around the conference. I mean, is it Caleb Williams like? Don't you almost
1: have to make it Spencer Sanders almost yeah, that w- <sighs> if, if Iowa state was like a nine, 10
0: win team, maybe Purdy. I mean, Purdy, but I, but you can't. That that was the thing that was weird last year. And I, I, once again, I feel like a huge Oklahoma Homer, but like last year didn't make any sense. <laughs> like Brock Purdy, it was Brock Purdy and Sam Ellinger that uh, were, were the one and two. And I, kind of got it a little bit just because of the losses that Spencer Rattler had early in the season and the fact that Brock Purdy was the leader of an Iowa the, the best Iowa State team to ever come through Ames but i mean if you're going to tell me that Spencer Sanders with you know 1997 yards 15 touchdowns six interceptions is the best quarterback in the Big 12 i just i don't believe that Um, but once again, uh, this is an OU podcast, so I don't know what you would expect me else to say, but just, just a strange, strange, uh, year for big 12 quarterbacks. It's, it's really been the year of, you know, really good running backs and really good defense in this league. Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, and that's the thing where that's gonna, I think is last year. OU did not probably, not even probably did not get enough credit on the all big 12 team. Not that any of this stuff really matters. But like, and it was motivation. I think uh, Isaiah Thomas referenced it last year after the Big Twelve championship game when they won, referenced that motivation. But uh, I I don't know how many of OU's guys actually are going to get all Big Twelve this year, just because of I think that they look at some of what Oklahoma's done, especially in the month of October, and I don't know if they'll they'll get penalized for that. But uh, all that said,
1: I, I I think if they're like being all Big Twelve is gr- being all Big. Twelve is great and all, and or second team, whatever. Uh, I think they would trade all that for at least being in position to still win a Big Twelve title despite all the turmoil. And there's been drama, so much drama. And we've like Spencer Rattler drama, and then you have, you know, uh, the Spygate on campus from the OU Daily. That was fun. Lincoln Riley was missing from the from his weekly press conference a few weeks ago. He was on a plane to LSU when it turns out it was a dog, like a 90s, com- like family comedy film. I, I am I missing anything? And I didn't even don't even forget, like the season drama with players being morons and getting kicked off the team for, you know, committing these felonies and what you call them. I it, it is kind of amazing that they are still here considering all of that. Ten and one, and you still have a shot.
0: Well, I was going to say, Fight like, it. It, it it pales in comparison, and not to you know comp- keep burying Texas, but like Oklahoma's like the, their you know extracurricular stuff that's happened pales in comparison to what's happening at Texas, and you know here they are at ten and one. They,
1: they they are the gift that keeps on giving. Like, if you like, I the the comeback in Dallas would have been enough to sustain for years to come. But then you provide us a stripper with a monkey that bites a child on Halloween.
0: Allegedly. And you have the,
1: uh, well, let's just say it happened. Then you have the bus incident where, you know, the debate was that like, you know, was it Bo Davis like going on his rant? And you have people saying, yeah, that's the type of coach I want. That sounds like a coach that's scared he's going to lose his job more than like he's wow that's that's the type of coach they need i'm like sure whatever it isn't it doesn't bother me because i was in the army i've heard worse but at the same time i was like "Eh, it sounds like a guy worried he's gonna get fired i
0: feel like that's a guy that knows he is going to get fired he's just like oh well
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then you lose to kansas again and i have to admit like sequels are great but not as good as the original
0: i don't know man the the two-point conversion was pretty pretty phenomenal
1: It was way more epic than just to walk off like field goal in overtime. I will admit that, because you they had to earn that two point conversion. They had to get they had to earn that one. So, yeah, for sure it was. uh, in... like, I Sark is probably not going to get fired. Probably, but it feels like he will. But it feels like he will eventually.
0: I mean, if 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 the if OU stays another year, or OU and Texas stay in the Big Twelve another year. You got Alabama and you got Texas San Antonio in that non-conference slate next year. Good luck. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oops. Good <laughs> luck. Uh, back on a uh, OU thing. Although I just it, it's just fun to talk about Texas. Uh, Oklahoma though. I mean to kind of get back into the Caleb Williams thing. Because I I do want to say this though. Um, w- with with in regard to his. Very just kind of Jekyll and Hyde performances over the last few weeks. It does, I think, warrant noting just where he is as a freshman in this team. And it almost reminds me, Sean, and I feel like we just draw these parallels because they're easy. Maybe Maybe they're lazy in some regard, but it reminds me a little bit of what Baker went through in 2015. I know he wasn't a freshman, but it was his first year starting for Oklahoma. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of Sam Bradford in 07, middle of his freshman year, kind of hit a wall against Colorado, um, then was able to kind of pick back up toward you know the end of the season. Baker did the same thing. Just You, you, you have these incredible early season performances, uh, and eventually you do kind of have to go through some growing pains. But Caleb Williams is – played you know he's played a significant amount of football for Oklahoma but really not all that much um, and is still very young on this football team I just it, it's hard for me to imagine that Lincoln Riley of all coaches doesn't have a game plan for how to best you know make use of that guy and what he can do because that like we talked about with the 74 yard run I mean a broken play but still just an incredible just something that Spencer Rattler can't do you know in that situation what?
1: Well, I mean, he said it today in the press conference, like he, he's still, they're still kind of feeling each other out and you know, you can call a certain play, but he's out there running the play. He's got to make the decisions. He, he can't run the offense for him as much as we believe Lincoln Riley does. Some of us like to believe that Riley just has like an Xbox controller and, you know, you know, he, he hits the B button or the, or the X button or whatever. And, you know, he's we're going to score touchdowns. It's not how that works. Like the guy out there, the signal caller has to be consistent week to week. And at times he's like and you see the flash, you see the potential, you saw the Texas game. Uh, but. It's for for me just like he's gotta be able to make decisions. Like I know he I know you could tell he's looking for the big play when he's holding on to the ball. He's waiting for someone to come open. It's like someone come open, someone come open. This offensive line, some talented guys there, some guys maybe a little dinged up, we'll may or may not play this week. I know that he said Randre Ram's gonna play this week. I'll believe when I see it. Um But he has got to he's got to learn to go to his check downs or find someone to check down to. And I think Rylan needs to put like those guys in place for him to throw to like, even if it doesn't go anywhere, even if you get two yards, it's still positive yardage. You're not taking a sack. You're not going backwards. And you're going to need to do that against this team this week against, against Oklahoma state. You're going to have to take what's given to you sometimes. And you may have to settle for a field goal, but those have been hard to come as of late with Gabe, Gabe Berkich. And hopefully he gets out of his funk. I mean, extra points seem to be working okay for, for at least, but uh, field goals have been uh, hard to come by and, you know, could have made a difference last week, really would have made a difference the week before. So, but for, for Caleb, it's just, he has got to learn when to like the clock is ticking in his head. Like normal offensive lines, give you three to four seconds to make a play. He, like, but you see him hanging out back there a lot longer than that. And usually that's what the, things break down and when he tries to take off it's too late he's already like surrounded he's contained
0: well and that's the so, thing that's going to be oh. difficult about this weekend just oklahoma states that the, they play so aggressive with that front uh, w- w- with their defensive front and that's that's where i think that just i don't think lincoln riley is is naive enough to think that caleb williams depending on how he scripts out his offense that there's not going to be time to throw the deep ball, you know. Th- 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 there, that big play might be there, uh, especially if Oklahoma can establish the run early on. I think that's going to be as important as ever. Uh, but I mean, th- there there is no shame, and in, in in you know, the, the, I think that Lincoln Riley almost kind of alluded to it. Just like Caleb needs to make the routine plays, and I I, I feel just that's gotta mean that like. He's got to hit those short throws. He's got to get in his intermediate passes, and he's got all the talent at receiver. Uh, have you been a little bit just? Do you feel like there's been somewhat of a, a underwhelm, a just underwhelming element to what OU's receivers have done this season? Because I, I think that there have been times where they have been really, really good with Marvin Mims, Jaden Hazelwood, but it has never felt like this is a team that can stack good performances on good performances. I think. Po-
1: I think part of it was, you know, early in the season, you know, they were trying to, you know, Rattler was just out of sync with people. And there were some guys who were not running correct routes. And I think that's still the case here, but he overthrew Austin Stogner and Baylor. So that's not on Austin Stogner. Uh, I, I think there are times where he's just, he's just not on in sync, He's not on time with some guys. Like there are some plays where if he hits them on time and in stride, they're big plays waiting to happen. You talk about those aggressive, you know, the aggressive defense of OSU, like that's when you really see if you could unleash a Mario Williams in a screen or just a little short slant across the middle. If they're really coming after you, you know, can you get these guys in stride and let their speed take over and make some plays Uh, like uh, the talent is there? Definitely. But, you know, this is going to he has definitely got you got to make the routine plays and he has got to be able to make them quick. So,
0: or else it's gonna be a long
1: day trying to. We're gonna have a similar day, like eighty-six yards passing potentially. Just I not mean, much to go off.
0: The, the the other thing to to that as well is just, I mean, you've got a really good running back in Eric Gray who could catch out of the backfield. I mean, you've got that out of variety. the back
1: that out running out of the out into the flat has been almost outside of one time has been money all year, money for like a thirty forty yard gain each time.
0: He's and really like, good, I man. I really
1: he I, people some people think he sucks and i understand why they think that but brooks is your workhorse he runs between the tackles he's the guy i guess gonna get you those tough yards gray is a guy you got to get out in open space you get him out in open space he's gonna make a plays. but we, we gotta get marcus major out there joe marcus major how many times have you heard about marcus major like people calling i've heard it every week
0: i'm every not time. sold Where on is marcus, marcus major, major? I mean, I get it. I get the, you want the, it's one, it's one of those things where just like, you can't teach the physical attributes that Marcus major brings to the, the field, but the, he just, it's all been against pretty bad competition. It would be great to see him maybe, uh, you know, not again, him getting his first real run against Oklahoma state would just be unfair to Marcus major. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that would be that would be brutal but they might need them. i mean this is a game that i think that oklahoma's really if they're going to go the distance as far as just being able to grind out uh, which is what they're going to have to do cuz i i'll tell you right now I, I i just can't see this game going anything other than being you know bo- i i if if either team scores more than 20 i I will be mildly shocked but Th- these, oh,
1: I said it before. I said if Oklahoma finds a way to score twenty-eight points, they win. That, they that, win the game.
0: I mean, that's enough to be the. I mean, and that and that's the thing that with with Oklahoma State, you know, w- which has been, and, and to their credit, I think they deserve it because there there is an element to that defense that has been uh, against inferior competition. They've completely shut it down. I mean, I think they've given up nine points over the last four weeks, something like that. I mean, they've been terrific but this is not an Oklahoma state offense. That's going to be able to not even, I don't even say keep up with the shootout, but like, like you said, if Oklahoma can get to 28 higher, I mean, it's not going to bode well for Oklahoma state, unless something completely changes with, with, with how Mike Gundy has formulated this identity around this Oklahoma state football team, which I don't think you can do at this point in the season. Um, It's, crazy to me also though just i just now realize eric gray kennedy brooks both coming back next year does that sound right both juniors i mean is is i is kennedy coming back i mean he he didn't go through like he 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 didn't go
1: through senior day stuff so no Hmm.
0: he he it says he's a redshirt sorry i was just looking this up because i was like eric Gray's coming back next year right and i would assume he is unless he just (laughs) decided to you know I mean, you're crazy. I mean,
1: and you, you. I mean, we're getting to recruiting stuff, but you add the, the potential firepower of a really Brown and a Gavin Sawchuk, uh and potentially Javante Barnes. Although he has to commit first. We, we keep waiting for that. Supposedly it's like, you know, allegedly he keeps, he's going to, but that's what we'll, I'll count him when he actually commits, but you add those pieces, the, those fire pieces of that firepower to that offense. And, Maybe the offensive line gets a little bit better, you know, gets in the weight room, you know, develops a little more. And I'll tell you this for that O line, one of the MVP, you know, one of the running gags in the offseason before the season was like Heisman Trophy favorite Eric Swenson. He's been one of the MVPs, uh, uh, like undersung heroes of this team this year because when the O line is struggling and they need to put someone anywhere but center to fill a hole when someone's struggling, he has filled that role and he's played a pretty, he's done a pretty good job this year considering. I mean, I think that he didn't and he did it this past week.
0: The The problem with Eric Swenson has always just been that he, he wasn't what, who his prede- predecessors were. And I think that's been a lot of what has maybe spoiled this 10 and one Oklahoma football team for a lot of people, because you can point to a lot of positions on the football field and you can say, well, yeah, he's good, but he's not, you know, he's not Creed Humphrey good. He's not, you know, Orlando Brown Who good. Who is? <laughs> well, that's the thing It's just that, that Oklahoma, especially if you look at that t- 2017 roster, which is not that far removed, but you had a team full of NFL players. And I think that the standard, and this is a good thing. It's a good, well, I mean, I guess it's a good and bad thing. The standard has been raised in Oklahoma. It was already high, but it has been raised in a major way. But Eric, there's... Really, and I, I, I know that I've, I, I'm have i not trying to uh, backtrack on things that I've said about Eric Swenson in the past because I, I just don't think he's uh, – he's not a great college offensive lineman, but he's a serviceable offensive lineman. You know exactly what you're getting out of him, and the fact that it, this is the kind of – to. Want to take it back to what you mentioned, just as far as just like Iowa State, a team that brought back a a ton of dudes, a ton of old guys. I thought that would was also going to pay dividends to Eric Swenson because he's a guy that has been in this program since 2016, and he's just he's the old guy in the room. You would think that would benefit him in some way, uh, going up against 18, 19 year old potential defensive linemen that have not played college football as long. You're, you're seeing how that's hurting a guy like Caleb Williams going up against veteran, like super veteran defenses in Iowa state Baylor. Uh, and he'll go up against a very veteran Oklahoma state defense. But this is man. The Eric Swenson segment was not something that I had teed up when I, when I asked <laughs> to bring you on, but
1: yeah, that's right. Sean's going to bring Eric Swenson <laughs> What's going
0: but, on here. I mean, Eric I I this is one of those things where I'm just like I feel like Eric Swenson's got to be involved on Saturday if Oklahoma's gonna win because no, I, I agree you, you because need,
1: anton you just you don't know what you're gonna get with anton Harrison are we gonna get good man. anton Harrison or bad anton Harrison
0: it's it's then, so so just I, I I know he's still young he still could have a really good career for Oklahoma but has that not been one of the more disappointing parts of this team is anton Harrison not? being who I think a lot of, a lot of what I think Oklahoma expected him to be.
1: Yeah. And like, I I think what was exciting last year, like I I know we, the case state game in Norman was kind of disappointing, but you got a glimpse potentially what you thought was going to be the future of that O-line with uh, Anton Harrison at left and frankly, Andrew Rehm at a guard position. And how early on as young freshmen they were kind of dominating. I was like, oh, I like this. Like even though they lost that game and it was like, it took great Herculean effort. It took a Herculean effort by Skylar Thompson and you know K State and they pulled it off. But you thought, okay, you know what, things are bad, but silver lining, you know those two guys they're going to develop and they're going to be really good. And Ram is at center, and I ain't beaten boy, I ain't no O line coach, but it just so I kind of hope they find a new person at center next year. Cause if right I really hope Rame. it just feels like he's going to be, he's a much better guard. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I, I'm, I'm just a guy who watches football on TV, but maybe you get a Demetrius Hunter or someone else. I don't know to play center, but like, if it feels like it's, they're trying to, like we talked to Humphrey, they're trying to fill that void. And, it's just, I don't know, like it feels like at times like Tyrese Robinson is your right tackle and he got yanked for a little bit. And, you know, Chris Murray was a guy they thought were going was going to play center. They got him at guard and, you know, you go back to Beanbow preseason where, you know, he made the fatal mistake, in my opinion, where he tried to preface. Look, I'm not saying they're 2017, 2018 good, but after the first few practices, I am seeing that right now. And, you know, people got hyped up over that. And they are nowhere near 17 or 18 when it comes to this O line, not even close. So, but they can't be serviceable. They, we know they can open the polls and run the football. Pass protection is another a whole other issue unto itself. But, um, but yeah, just uh, with, with this O line, like uh, whatever it's going to look like next year. Um, you know, I don't know. If, like, I know they're recruiting very well. They're they got some really talented guys committed. Potentially, they're in the mix for two big time five stars at tackle and guard, in Devin Campbell and Cam dewberry And we'll see how that turns out. But when it comes to the offensive line, it's uh, not been Beanbo's best group by a long shot.
0: Is is next year kind of a? I don't. I think that Beanbo's probably earned, just as far as just like the assistant coaches go has probably earned the most respect of, uh, probably as much respect. He's as making the of. most
1: money, right? I uh, on that? As, I an, mean, as an
0: assistant, I was going to say like Grinch is number two, but uh, among the right
1: but as a coordinator. Yeah. But as a, as a position coach though, it's gotta be him, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like I I, I I I guess I say all this. I'm not trying to say that Beaton is going to get fired, but next year feels kind of like a make or break, like for and Bow and just kind of the direction of that offensive line. I mean, I don't. Once again, I don't think he's getting fired, and I don't think no. he deserves to be fired. But I think that next year you do have to reevaluate things. If 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 much as. As much as I do think that like COVID and like a lot of things have affected and stunted the development of OU's offensive line and offensive Everyone's lines, offensive yeah, line. It it is it, like I said, I don't think there's one there, there's not one great offensive line in the Big 12. I I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't think there is. Everyone's suffering through it. But OU, the way that they've recruited should not be uh I guess it just shouldn't look like this, and it is. It kind of, it just kind of is what it is. At some point, you thought it would get figured out because early in the season it, it looked great, um, and they found. I think they've, they've, there have been games where you're like, okay, this is, this can work. Oh, you can, oh, you can live with this. But a Rame and Anton Harrison. I mean, Tyrese Robinson had the game against K State that wasn't the, wasn't the best, but he's been. Oof pretty he's been pretty consistent otherwise and then chris murray i mean i I think early in the season he struggled a bit but i I think he's been better as the year has gone along it seems at least to me but
1: it's just been a rough year overall for everybody on that line and again you, you just hope they can hold up and you know like you you thought with caleb and his ability to run run and scramble that he would be able to make things happen but you know it is again amazing they've been able to hold off hold up as long as they've had and we'll see what Ad- what Adrian's status is this week i know riley said he they expect him to play everything seemed to refer to indicate otherwise based on that giant rap on his name granted he was standing up it's not like he was carted out so well he's got that he's got that going for him at least
0: i didn't see it live I, I was at because I, I was inside the stadium but watching the replay of how his leg bent back i was like there's Whoa. no way absolutely zero percent chance he's going to play the re- any more football this season like
1: like if he does play like it would be like remember when mark andrews like got hurt at ohio state and he had the big knee the ice pack on his knee and everyone's like no and then he was fine like a week later like that's the only thing i could think of like it was just like a bruise or you know he just something nothing broke or tore that's the only thing i can think of
0: yeah i i I mean, I will be shocked if Raym plays, but, uh, Lincoln Riley's also not really one to offer up much injury, injury information. So this, uh, this could well, just if be, you game- ask,
1: if you, if you ask him, he'll kind of, sort of give it to
0: you nowadays. I just think it's game and gamesmanship. I mean, oh, I, sure. I, I don't think that there is really much, uh,
1: I, I tend to get mad when you or someone else doesn't like bring that up soon. It's like, Hey, there's a couple of injuries. People like, I'm watching it live. I'm like. Why aren't some of you people asking about injuries? I know you got your stories to write. You have your angles. But someone needs to ask about Kennedy or Kennedy Brooks or or, or, or Anton Harrison or someone's going to ask about Turner yell like who who's out like are they gonna play who's practicing like it it it's one of the, my pet the,
0: peeves. This is <laughs> the this is the downfall of Al eshbeck not being at the press conference anymore. That's right,
1: because the first like Al would, Al was reliable. What's your what's the injury situation? What's your injury situation? First question to Bob every time. What's your injury situation? If there was like an injury, people want to know. you see, Al was the first one. Every time he always got first question, he was like, What's he gonna get the scoop,
0: man? He's got to get the scoop. It's yeah, it's it's strange. uh, I'm
1: I'm sure he and Jim are thrilled with the concessions now that they're elite concessions at OU now.
0: So, (laughs) oh, if you get that reference, if you know, you know, Mm -hmm. if you know, you know. Um, they have Dr. Pepper now, thankfully. Uh, God, that really ages me because I think that kind of stem, I don't even know where that stemmed from. Anyway, anyway. Uh, we've have
1: well, not? we're we're talking about my one man impression of Jim Traber and Al Eshbeck fighting with each other on the radio. It's my one man bit. I'm not gonna do it here because I haven't done it in a while. But basically it was like Jim and Al were arguing about I, I would try to like imitate Jim's cadence on like how he would build up to how like, Oklahoma er, is, like, not the best team in the country. They're not elite right now. But I would change it to, like, their concessions. And then Al would be like, what are you talking about? They have the best concessions in the country. And anyway, I'm, I, would, I have I to mean, get into it to make it fit. What's it's funny is they stupid. do have
0: the best concessions now because they have a I uh, know, Fletcher's.
1: Billy Sims Fletcher's – well, does that <laughs> count because it's outside in a food truck? No, it's, it's inside. Not in the, oh, it's inside. Okay, if it's inside, then it definitely counts because they have Billy Sims Barbecue – so, yeah, the, the south end zone, man, really stepped up, really stepped up. I'm trying to and, think, you get beer and you
0: get bearded. Is there beer. a Billy Sims? I, I know there's a Swadley's inside the stadium. Uh, there's
1: a Billy Sims. like in. It's not everywhere. It's like on one I think it's in the south. Mm. I could be wrong. I'm pretty I sure know there's that there's,
0: I was going to say, in some fun concession stand talk before we get into OU's defense uh but uh I was gonna say that the the come up of the ou concessions has been uh pretty spectacular because now they have Mcallisters uh they've got it's elite now yeah it's it's all good I mean mm-hmm. hey, you really do need to come out you, you, I mean you I, I, I was out for the I,
1: I went to the Houston game a couple years ago that's right that's
0: right anyway um this weekend, though, we've kind of I guess we have kind of touched on uh, the defense a little bit. But, I mean, Oklahoma State's offense uh, has been good, I think, as far as the last month goes. Well, they're I mean, going to
1: whoop our ass on Saturday, Joe, according to someone.
0: Oh, the whole – it's so dumb. I, what is Tay Martin supposed – the thing is I want players to talk like that. I'm not going to get on to him for, oh, for no, saying anything it, like that's that. That's
1: perfectly fine. I, I'm, gl- I'm glad that he's, like, open about being very loud about being wrong.
0: It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tay, I was gonna say Tay Martin. He, I, I know he's dealt with some some injuries this year, but man, that guy, he could be really good. He could be really really good. Um, and I think Oklahoma State. I mean, really, the receiver talent they have would be, I think, a little bit more. Uh, would be a lot a lot more uh concerning, I think, to Oklahoma State's. And I say this now, though. Spencer, watch Spencer Sanders torch OU for four hundred yards, uh, but. I think there is not as uh, much uh, concern uh, from from my end of things, just as far as who Spencer Sanders is as a passer, because the guy's not going to throw it deep, and I think that benefits Oklahoma. Uh, But he's got some decent receiver talent um, uh, around him, and obviously that that offense is predicated on the run game. But, I mean, OU's defense, you can say what you want about the Baylor game, but... They have played really well. I mean, they're healthy, which I think is a big part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. DJ Graham's questionable, but for the most part, yeah, they are healthy.
0: Well, I mean, uh, if you're getting uh, like if you're getting Key Lawrence, uh, you, you finally kind of, I mean, Key Lawrence uh, as a cornerback opposite Woody Washington, that that's not a that's not a bad situation to be in. I mean, we we got.
1: I mean, he he. First, first game out was good. Baylor was a little rough. Uh, this week was good. Hopefully, it's not like a you know, like you know, like his even games are bad. So hopefully, game start four at corn. Well, he didn't start. He kind of had to fill in because he was because uh, C.J. Graham was out there, but then he got hurt, so then he filled it. But listen, if he keeps forcing fumbles and doing like those are things that Alex Grinch really loves. Like, oh, this guy forces turnovers. I like him. He's going to be on my defense. Like, he needs yeah. to be out there regardless. Uh, I'm hoping Danny Stutzman makes his presence known. Like, I – Brian Osamoa playing great. He's playing his best football right now. Uh, I, I'm hoping Stutzman gets out there, see more Shane Witter. Um, th- those guys are – I mean, Deshaun White has been you know, up and down. Osamoa. <sighs> I feel like Osamoa is better as an end, man. Like, wrecking havoc, like, you know – just rushing on the end, I, like him, him, him inside is just has felt like it hasn't really worked out most of the year.
0: I mean, it's just it's trying trying kind to of. These I feel like out. the light bulb has kind of come on in recent weeks. I I know what you're saying because I I think there have been spots where Asamoah has not been been the best. He said he's said no, some no no, no,
1: no, 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 I'm sorry. I I don't mean Asamoah. Awesome. I mean I was talking about Guaybu. Like, like I totally uh, misspoke you know, Awesome-O has been great in the past couple weeks i mean i was just Wick. like
0: I'll, I'll let him run with this theory but uh <laughs> i think that brian osimo has been awesome the last few I've weeks been, I've, been, I've,
1: been, I've been i've made like two three videos live stream and i'm talking with you so like people are thinking this guy's an idiot you're right i i, I misspoke i was thinking of another <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> it's uh, been a long day for me a boo has been a little bit of a uh, i i think and once again it 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 almost feels wrong to say this just because I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of things that have gone into why Oklahoma struggled in a lot spots, but I, I just don't know uh, that David Awagabu has been uh, the, the most uh, promising uh, guy at that spot, and it, it just feels like it was a bit of a misstep by the, by the coaching staff. But He's yeah. the
1: one I'm, He should be rushing at the end and just making plays and all those fun things.
0: yeah. I mean, and that's I guess the to maybe not just pick on yeah, him, but you know, there's the linebackers as a whole have not been probably to uh, to a lot of people just as far as the the depth and experience that they have in that position. I, I mean, mm-hmm. in the spring, you talk about a, a group that was bringing in some really good pieces, but just a lot of snaps between those guys on the football field. And honestly, was expecting that to be more of a strength, um, but I think there's a, a lot of cases where you can point to where they, they've kind of been the the weak link in a lot of ways. Um, and they're, I don't think it's been every week, but I, I think there have been games where you can really look at that linebacker position and think that, man, if Oklahoma can figure that out, they can be a really, really good football team. Um, and I think that the defense as a whole has been a lot better than I think that a lot of people want to give them credit for, but... Uh, there, there, there has been some uh, disappointment. I think is safe to say with with the linebacker group, but not to say that. Uh, not to take anything away from a guy like you know a Brian Osimo or, um, well, that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, defensive front though has been has been, and that, that that's one of the other things that just kind of go into this weekend. Um, I didn't I didn't intend for this to be like a position breakdown, but just. Uh, kind of worked out that way but i mean the, the, well
1: it's your podcast Joe, it is my podcast we'll, we'll,
0: we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about I'm, I'm very glad i'm very glad you acknowledge um no um coming off of uh, the iowa state game i don't think that was fool's gold as just as far as what oklahoma can do and honestly that was their most productive day of the season which once again i think has got to give you some confidence that oklahoma can can make this game interesting and almost in a little way Sean and I think that just you know I'm sure this will fall on deaf ears but I mean if Oklahoma's offense can't get going early against Oklahoma State it's probably not doomsday I mean this is a this isn't an OSU offense that's explosive enough to really I think exploit
1: Joe 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 if we have a three and out and we go backwards (laughs) we have to punt we have to fire the entire coaching staff (laughs) you should come to my live stream watch-alongs and join the chat room come on now Uh, I got banned I banned you. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I came on that one did you, time. Did you, and... did you, did you just spam my chat with political
0: memes? Is that why? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you remember that, that one time I came on and I said that Brody wow, Eldridge yeah. was the the worst offensive lineman to ever come through Oklahoma. You took issue he with was. it. He was actually.
1: <laughs> remember when we bought into that crap? Wait, like that was like was like you know what? I know our offensive line is struggling right now with injuries preseason. Yeah, Brody Eldridge could play center. That'll work. (laughs) God, what were we thinking? Mm
0: -hmm. Man.
1: Look, Trent Williams could... Like, he's so good. He he counts for, like, three offensive linemen, so we're good. We just need Brody to snap the ball and everything will be fine. Yeah,
0: that'll work. Really, if you want to... And I know this is not, like, the thing that's going to cure anyone's just, like... Uh peso- and DeJuan Jawan pessim- Miller can replace Jermaine Gresham in, in 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 against Texas. It'll be great. I know this won't cure anyone's pessimism, but I mean if you want to talk about a bad Oklahoma football team, just go look at the early 2010s. I mean, they weren't bad by any means, but like this this 2021 version is a lot better. I think you would take this version of OU over those over the over those groups.
1: I you know,
0: 2010 was a fun
1: team you had broils and stills and landry just had to throw to one side of the field (laughs) uh (laughs) hand it off to demarco in his senior year and like 11 was disappointing at the end of course but you know like it was it was that tweener period for bob where he had to you know rebuild a little bit and got them close, but th- th- he never had like a monster team. Like he did like back in 08. That was kind of the last, like really amazing, really top to bottom, really solid football team that could win a championship.
0: Yeah. I was going to say like, going back to man, kind of looking at what that 2011 group had just as far as just like losses. I mean, not a, uh, it was Texas tech, Oklahoma state and uh Baylor. Does that sound right?
1: Yeah. Well, a certain someone won the
0: Heisman yeah. for that of the, because rough, of that game. A rough time for the Sooners. Um, but... I blame
1: Adam Shedd for the false start because we were going to go for two <laughs> uh, on that drive. So I blame you, Adam Shedd. I'm, I'm kidding if he's listening to this. Like I, I was a big fan of Adam Shedd. Had back problems. Really good offensive lineman. But we were going to
0: go for two like beforehand. Big deal. Very big deal. Well, I I bring all that up just as far as just like kind of the end of that season, kind of where the program was headed at the time. I mean, Oklahoma was not the the top dog of the conference that they are now, although that's obviously being challenged. Um, as, as Oklahoma State just just needs to win, to beat OU on Saturday to end OU's reign as a as Big Twelve champion. But like who would have thunk it that potentially
1: like OU and Clemson were like neck and neck for like consecutive conference championship wins. And both of them might end the streak simultaneously, potentially, but Oklahoma actually has a shot right now. Actually Clemson does too. They need wake to lose and they'll be in the, they can, they can still win the ACC potentially, which they need wake to lose. They need wake to lose to BC and Clemson will play for the ACC title.
0: Look, I'll own up to being like a homer sometimes, but if there's one thing I'll really admit to is I just don't like Clemson. I really don't like Clemson. Well, and
1: Joe, we we we. Well, Joe, we stole way too deep from them. Come on now.
0: If I have to, like, bump my old article, like that I wrote, that I I wrote the definitive and I'll, you know I'm. If I sound egotistical, I don't care. I wrote the definitive article. About how We Too Deep originated from OU. And if I have to send it to one more Clemson fan. I'm going to lose it.
1: I, I actually love that. Bef- even before that. Like some windy little like. You know. two Two dollar an hour Clemson writer. On some garbage website. Was whining about it. And then a tweet I had. From like three years prior. Was used as like evidence. That we were saying it. And so. It's like eh. it's like it's like guys brent venables is your defensive coordinator you remember where he coached before
0: where do you think we too deep came from <laughs> not hard to put those puzzle pieces mm-hmm. together uh sean we've uh we've gone about over an hour now um and i don't want to take up too much of your time although this has been really fun to, uh, really of the glory days if you will um do you have a Do you have a sense of what's going to happen on Saturday? I just, I, I don't want to ask for a score prediction. Score prediction. Well, but...
1: uh, hundred to nothing. in OU's favor is uh, just a bit egotistical. So I'll go ninety nine. Okay, no look. Here's like I really believe that I I think it's going to be very similar to the Iowa State game. If o, if O U can play now offensively, they got to play a little better. They got to run the football a little more and then make Caleb a little more comfortable. But I think it's going to be like something like a twenty-eight to twenty-three game potentially. Like, I don't see what's different here. Like, I feel like this is what OU, this is who OU is. This is how they win football games. Like, if if anybody gets blown out, it's probably OU. Like, I, if OU wins, it's going to be close. If Oklahoma State wins, I think Oklahoma State can either blow them out, win close, or OU wins close. I don't think OU is blowing Oklahoma State out. Now, when you say so OU wins, out. it's going
0: to like when you say blowout, like three scores or more. Okay. Well, I just—it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Like Oklahoma State, just like I know that they did that to TCU, but I think OU's defense is like a ten times better than than the Horn Frogs' defense. Which, mm-hmm. once again, a crazy statement to say in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one, where Gary Patterson is no longer the head coach at TCU, but. It's hard for me to like like when I think blowout, I think like Oklahoma State wins like twenty one to seven, like that. I think that would be their version of a <laughs> route.
1: Um,
0: yeah, convincing win, I would say. Yeah, yeah, but well, uh, like, I and mean, I don't think that I'm, Oklahoma can really like run it up on on Oklahoma State. Like, I agree unless with
1: you. they unless they get more thick sixes from Jalen Redmond. <laughs> you know.
0: I'm really surprised not more people have heard that. I, maybe I just spend too much time on Twitter. But a lot of people liked that, but I was like, that I didn't come up with that. Um, Someone did, and it just spread like wildfire. spread like wildfire. And now we have a man, we didn't even talk about the Jalen Redman thick six. what a what a glorious play that. We should have spent like at least 30 minutes on it. it
1: It, it, it was fantastic as and he just uh, he got one block that he needed, even though he probably didn't need it, but he still got it. and uh he just like now I do they still give out the Pisman?
0: They don't. That's a Peisman level play. Oh, man. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned this because I've been <sighs> waiting for OU to have a Peisman candidate so I could write a That's story a about Piesman it.
1: That's a moment right there.
0: If you, if you are unaware, um, SB Nations, Ryan Nanny, uh, and some other good folk uh, put together a actual like award called the Peisman Trophy awarded to the... I think it was just like, if you were a, if you scored a fat guy touchdown, you were up for the award and they had a whole banquet, like in New York, they flew out like the three finalists, I think.
1: Oh my God. I didn't realize it went that far. (laughs) Yeah. And they had pie.
0: Actually, I think they might've just flown out the winner. Um, Okay. That, that makes more sense. But they, uh, but they, they had a bunch of pie catered. And I, I think the guy that won it the year that they did, it was, like, from UAB. So, like, you you knew that that, that program was probably like, yeah, we'll take the attention. Like, <laughs> definitely. Well, um,
1: for, for awards for OU, they got one guy for, like, a, an actual football, like, on the field award. That's, like, Gabe Burkich, And I don't think he has a shot considering his, you know, missing
0: three kicks in a row. I didn't have, I mean, think he great. had a shot at being a finalist. Like, and I was like, are the votes in? Like he had a ton of
1: long, he had a ton of 50 yarders this
0: year. So no, I know. And I would say that like before the Baylor game, like I would have been like, yeah, Gabe Burkage is definitely like one of the top three, uh, kickers in the country. But I mean, it just felt like the votes had to have come in late or, or I guess early. Like, I don't know. I guess he could change the narrative. If he had like, I think I said, uh, today or something like that. Like, I think it'll be like seventeen to fourteen, and I think it's just going to come down to like a kick. Um, and wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if Gabe Burkich well, as many people have tried to manifest like Gabe Burkich is just done. Uh, would not would 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 be a bit of a fun irony if Gabe Burkich had a walk off game winning field goal in Bedlam. Well,
1: I mean, he he might have an opportunity, and if he can pull it off, then I don't know if votes would swing in time, but. It is possible. Like listen, I, I was on the until the Baylor game, I was on the Caleb Williams for Heisman train because why not? Uh and I, I'm almost glad he kind of had the bad game against Baylor because I kept looking at those Vegas odds at like plus eight hundred, plus eight fifty. I'm like, you know, I might drop one or two hundred bucks on that. <laughs> and thankfully I didn't. So uh, I, I was able I was able to hold back and not lose a few hundred bucks, but I was tempted. I was very, very tempted to get into sports gambling, but uh I don't like Florida has legalized it, but that, they haven't le- they haven't like activated I don't think that you can get the apps yet just quite still waiting on that down here.
0: It's kind of like when uh they like approved like sunday like for for liquor stores to like be open on Sundays in Oklahoma and we still had to wait like two years. For that to go because people didn't,
1: they didn't, they didn't catch up yet. because well, old they, habits die hard.
0: Well, like they had to, like they, they had to pass it, and then it like took effect later.
1: Oh yeah, because it's it's, it's like you know it's like Oregon legalized pretty much all hard drugs, and it's going to take like two years for that to happen, or something like that.
0: Let the people have the drugs. I'll be the first so you podcast mean, to go on the record. Let the people have the drugs. Let them have the drugs. Anyway, let them do. It. Sean, this has been a lot of fun it has been. been i uh i appreciate i mean I, I, know, I know
1: i'm sure you feel bad for betraying me after all these years but you know it is what it is
0: <laughs> not bitter at all not bitter no, at all not bitter
1: i don't hold it against you at all <laughs>
0: well i hope for the for the, the the old c3 listeners this was a enjoyable experience i mean this is about as long as we used to to record for so i'm sure it's been a i used to make you watch back.
1: like movies like yeah you know, before back in the day i miss those days
0: you know what's funny about that
1: is that that's a youtube thing now where we're like we're like a like a zoomers and millennials watch movies that from like the 80s and stuff and like they react to them that's like a cottage <laughs> trend on youtube oh, and- i
0: i like uh this is a, a peek into my like youtube algorithm i love that there's this uh father and son and the son like plays rap albums for his dad and his dad reacts to him <laughs> i watch them every week um yeah, no. Sean and I used to do this thing during the off season where I'd watch a movie that I hadn't seen because I hadn't been born yet. Uh, despite Sean's like, "How have you not seen this?" Um, exactly. And we would do that during the off season. Anyway, uh, what did you watch? You watched Trading Places, Caddyshack, and something else. Coming, uh, no, not Coming to America. No, I think it was Coming Trade- to America.
1: Hey, oh, that was a uh, but. Trading Places was a must. Yeah, it's a great one.
0: Anyway, uh, Sean. Thank you. I I really do appreciate you, buddy, and uh, very much happy for you and all your your success with content creation and making yourself into the social media star that you are. Uh, oh well,
1: let, let, let me know when that happens so I can
0: cash in on that. <laughs> no, but seriously, man. Uh, definitely appreciate it and appreciate all of you for, for listening to another edition of the Eyes on Oklahoma podcast. Available on all major podcast platforms and if you're using the apple podcast app leave us a five-star rating and review it helps get the word out about the show um and subscribe to sean i mean you are probably already subscribed to sean if you're listening to this podcast for just being very honest with ourselves or um, you just
1: hate me and like oh my god that guy is on your podcast and you just like unsubscribe to this podcast so yeah. that, that's possible as well
0: we've got we've yet to get any one star reviews i'm interested to see how they pan out after this episode drops <laughs> So, I will keep you updated on that. Sounds good. Well, uh with that said, for Sean Forrester, my name is Joe Bettner and we will catch you next time. Well not we, but old, ab- old habits die hard. I'll talk to you oh, guys one more next more thing. Week. Go ahead.
1: No, oh, I'm kidding. I was that was a joke. It was meant to cut You should cut it off there.
0: No, I for, I forgot or you used you had- to do that. You yeah. used to like do a little <laughs> little stinger at the end. Yeah. One more thing. (laughs) One more thing. All right. I'll talk to you later, bud.
1: Later.